Brian Breaker. Your little whiny baby. Babe. Don't assume my gender. Friends since the seventh grade. Dude. You're just a bitch with his phone. F you. Well, sort of. One professional wrestler and one rapper get together to talk movies, comics, video games, pro wrestling, and anything that makes you say, WTF. Let's not talk about Bane's ooze. Harry Potter erotica. Awesome in theory. Kind of a mess in practice. This is Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Oh, yeah. Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Boy. Grab a monster, crack it open, let's go. It's time that we start the show, no hesitation, oh no. The most energetic podcast of all of the podcasts. So when you listen to the show, you know that it kicks ass. So when I smash on these cowards like Mario did the Bowser with the best thing you've been and suspenders on trousers. To all the haters, say howdy, make a believer from Dallas. Put in the stake in the shower, break up and bitch, power, power. Yeah, hello. Uh, hello, hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. Uh, yeah. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, we are Rolling Sound. This is episode 444. Three four. Did you like that? I like it. Yeah, I like that's it. nice. It's good. It's good. We should just keep it like that. Every episode's 444. Okay. But I'm to the point, I don't even know why we're still counting episodes. <laughs> I don't either. It's like, I don't think we have to, but it's, it's, well, the reason I, <laughs> I think it's good to count is just because I like to know where we're at. Yeah. That's the only reason though. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, cause I don't even know if they show up anymore. I think ever time, ever since we switched to anchor, they just quit showing up. Yeah. I think you actually have to type it out yeah. if you want it to show up. And I'm like, I don't feel like typing out those numbers. That's <laughs> we're too, it's too many numbers breaker, too many numbers for big underscore Bane. But uh, yeah, it is episode 444. We got some wrestling talk this week. We got uh, I think technically some movie and TV talk might be more on the uh, video game front and then definitely some toy talk so it's gonna be a fun episode man it's still hot as hell though it is i feel like we're getting uh closer to the end of the old heat wave at least here in the the great city of sand springs yeah you know uh like it's high 90s i think we got like today and tomorrow is gonna reach the triple digits but barely uh and then it's gonna be like high 90s i think we got a couple days actually in the mid to low 90s next week so i'm i'm I feel like we're getting ready for spooky season, and I'm ready for it. Sweater weather. I love it. Sweater weather. It's Can't August. Wait. We still got a little bit of time, though. We probably, like, I mean, I think we talked about it before, like, I mowed damn near till November last year, so, like, yeah, we, we still got some time. But, like, once it gets to, like, the highs or the 80s, I'm, I'm a happy boy. You know what I mean? Happy Bane. Yeah, because, like, I can generally wake up, and it's more of a crisp feeling when you when you walk outside <laughs> crisp and it's nice it's not just you walk outside and the air just takes your breath away because it's so thick and muggy yeah that humidity is brutal i hate it that's what i hate yeah it's it's not it's not great but like i said we got some wrestling talk uh so what do you say we dive into it here let's do it well here i am again talking a little pro wrestling while breaker and bay take a little break cracking them buying energies well, listen to me you two sons of bitches Get ready to talk wrestling. Stone Cold out. Oh, hell yeah. 
Thanks, Stone Cold. Shout out to Stone Cold. Uh, Big underscore Bane. So SummerSlam was this past weekend. We talked about it last week, kind of hoping that this would be, uh, I guess, Triple H's coming out party, yep. so to speak, um, with yep. uh, with him kind of taking the reins. And I would say that's exactly what happened. Unanimously praised as one of the best shows WWE's put on in a while. Yes. I mean, it, it felt like uh, everything had meaning. Yeah. Which, I mean, all of it was storyline story, uh, matches, but... You know, over time, just because they were storyline matches doesn't mean that they were necessarily good. Sure. But, like, everything felt like it had meaning. They were telling a good story. Even, and I know we'll get into it, like Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. How many times have they done that match? This one felt totally different and felt like just fun mm -hmm. watching it. That's the key, right? I think yeah. with wrestling is... we Wrestling's kind of always one of those things where it's always around... It's always available to watch, mm -hmm. especially nowadays. So what gets people intrigued? It's supposed to be a fun thing. Yeah, Wrestling should get you excited if it's done right. And and oftentimes, I feel like here lately, it hasn't been. Right. And I think that's why it's kind of like it's habit. It's habit forming. We watch Raw or SmackDown or pay-per-views because it's habit. Like, how many times have you watched a pay-per-view, whether it be Peacock or the WWE Network, simply because it was on? Yep. You already pay for it, so you feel obligated to watch it, even though you really don't want to. Yeah, and, and most of the, most of the time, up until SummerSlam, it's been uh, unexciting. Yeah, you know, it's it's been like so uh, it was okay, you know. But this one was the first time in a while where it's like, damn, that was fun. That was good, right? And so, and I think that's that's the key. One thing I I will really give Triple H credit for, and this is not really talked about much, but the fact that the show didn't, even though it felt different, it didn't feel like a one eighty. Yes. He didn't completely take everything and change it and say, all right, you know, now we're doing this. Now we're doing, you know, like, because it would have been so easy to just take a sharp left turn. Oh, yeah. And change everything. But he really didn't do that. So if you are a casual fan watching, nothing seems really that different. Right. It'll be subtle changes. And I think that's the key. Yep. Yeah. He did a great job with it. Uh, there's a lot to d dissect with SummerSlam. So we'll just kind of go through it. Uh, how about this? The, the return of Bailey. She, yeah. she returns after the opening match for the Raw Women's title with Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch, which I thought they had a great match. Yeah, fantastic. They've match. had great matches. And, of course, like last year at SummerSlam, that, like... Kind of redeemed from that. Yeah, yeah. And still, that still was, like, one of those things where I'm like, what's the upside of that? Right. I mean, <coughs> Bianca Belair was kind of on top of the world just to get squashed in 20 seconds or whatever it was. Yeah. It was weird. It, it was almost just like, really? Like, why? So, Bailey returns... You think, oh, that's cool. But then here comes Io Shirai yeah. and Dakota Kai, who's returning to the company. I I knew she had gotten released, but I couldn't remember how long. It had been about six months or so. But yeah. she she returned, seemingly forming a, a stable there. Yeah. So that's, again, right away, it's like, ah, here we go. Yeah. Big, big moment. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Apparently, that was a stable that was pitched uh, to mm -hmm. Vince, and he said no. So I'm excited they're getting a run at this. I think that'll be cool. We don't have a lot of female stables, so I think this is a cool concept. They I did at one it. point. They got rid of them all. Well, right. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, they don't, right now I don't think there's any. So, I mean, there is, an, I guess, an NXT, but, like, sure. um, there's not on the main roster. So I'm excited for this. Um, yeah, I thought it was really cool. There's also been rumor that they might have come to an agreement with Sasha Banks and Naomi for returning. I saw that. Do you? Uh, how do you feel about that? I mean, a lot of people were kind of – there's been a there's been a weird takeaway on that where some people are like, oh, they're spoiled brats. Some are like, oh, good for them, you know. I kind of was like a little bit in the middle. I'm like, I get it. You're you're not happy, but you're also like you're breaching your contract. They can sue you for that. Like yeah. at the end of the day, 
you can't just quit and expect no consequences. So yep. I don't know. Like I, if, if, if all parties can come together and they can figure it out, I think that's ultimately for the best. Mm-hmm. So if they're able to return, I think it's great, you know, but if they all, also, if they don't want to, then, you know, let them do their own thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's one of those things. I don't think the moment of them handing the titles over and walking away was like the, out of the blue, like I. Oh no! I, I think that was something that built up, and you know what I mean. Like I, like I've quit jobs before. You know what I mean. Like sometimes you just got to do what you feel is best. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I think they thought that that was best. I think probably looking back on it, they probably know that they didn't handle it in the best way. Sure, but I think at the time they thought what they were doing was the best, and so I, I fully support anybody who wants to better themselves and want more for themselves. Yeah, um, I think with all the positive changes happening, it's. To me, though, like everyone was like, "Oh man, Sasha, Naomi, and Bianca Belair versus Bailey, Io Shirai, and or I yeah. think it's Io Sky now." Yeah, Io Sky and Dakota Kai. It's like, hmm, that's interesting, you know. Yeah. Like, so it automatically kind of puts a whole new spin on things and just kind of gets get you back excited for stuff. Which again, that's kind of what I felt like this show did is it got you mm-hmm. re excited for things. Well, yeah, and now you have like a, a tag team with Io Sky and Dakota Kai, mm-hmm. and so they could become a tag team to go against Sasha and Naomi. I think what they should do is they should move forward with that women's tag team title tournament, which they talked about, which yes. never really happened. Then at the end, you crown the new champions, which I think should be Dakota Kai and Io Sky. Mm-hmm. And then Sasha and Naomi return. Absolutely. Two belts. Yeah. You know, to show yeah. Sean Razor thing. I think it'd be great. Absolutely. So, yeah, Bailey, it was, it was great to see her back. She'd been on the shelf for a while. Oh, yeah. I think she had a torn ACL. Over a year, right? Yeah. Long recovery. But that wasn't the uh, the only return. We also saw the return of Edge. Yes. And, um, of course, this got spoiled a little bit. Thanks, Soda Hunter. What did he do? <laughs> he was posting, like, the stairs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, he was there live. <laughs> it's like, oh, hey. I'd be doing the same thing if I was there live, though. Yeah, well, I mean, it's one of those things, like, what do you do? Right. I mean, it's it's obvious something's happening. Sure. Like, and he's not floating out of the ground from the concrete. So, right. Yeah, it's got to be that thing. But, anyway, um, of course, we saw the Judgment Day you know, stable, which... I'll, I'll be honest. That was my first time ever really watching them because I just have been so not in tune with the product. I, mm-hmm. I thought their 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 whole deal was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. It just felt weird without Edge there. Like when you have a guy, because the whole point of that is like a veteran taking younger talent and elevating them. And yep, that really wasn't what happened ultimately. Yeah. I mean, technically Finn Balor's a veteran. I know, but he's not a top <laughs> top guy. He's not Edge level veteran. No. And and I I think Damian Priest is great. I think yeah. Rhea Ripley's great. I mean yeah. they're they're great talents. It just it was one of those things where they kind of got lost. They had a really good match with the Mysterios. Mm-hmm. You know it's always it's always fun to see Ray. You know absolutely. He's been around for so long, and um, I'm not, slowly becoming a Dominic fan. Yeah, I think a lot of people were kind of hard on him, but yeah. I mean people don't realize how how much he was thrown to the wolves though. Big time, like yep. right away. I like the fact that he's kind of got the Eddie haircut. You know, <clears throat> I. I I know, like, the story originally, and this is probably something they'll just totally ignore, but, like, I know the story originally was, like, Ray didn't want him to have a mask because he wanted him to earn it type of thing. And so I don't know if, like, the plan eventually down the line is to give him a mask to yeah. wear. But I feel like now it's kind of like, what's the point? I heard I heard a little snippet of an interview with Ray, and he kind of talked about that. And he was like, it just happened so fast. Now, now like, mm-hmm. he's there. Like, what do you do? Right. And makes sense because I would have liked to see him masked as well. You know what I mean? But like now, it's kind of like, eh, what's the point? Right. It's it's been going for so long now. Right. It's like okay, yeah, yeah, no, I get it. But um, but yeah, we saw Edge return. He uh, you know, got the new haircut. Mm-hmm. 
um, taking out the Judgment Day, and then on Raw he shows back up with the uh, the you know Alter Bridge song, the classic Rated R Superstar yep. feel. Um, I, I dig it. I mean, I'm a huge Edge fan. I'm pretty well into whatever he's doing. So he can. I feel like he's at the point where he can. He's kind of like uh, Chris Jericho in the sense that he can whatever he's doing is just money. Yeah, like no matter what he's doing, he he can make it good. Yeah, so. I, I I dig what he's doing now. I love his new T-shirt. Yeah, I do too. I think there's money in him and Damian Priest. I think there's yeah. money in him and uh, Finn Balor. Yep. So whatever he does, I think will be awesome. Absolutely. Definitely cool to see him. Um, so this is a this is an interesting one. We got to touch on this. Um, Logan Paul mm-hmm. first singles match in WWE. He's now officially signed. Yep. I don't know. Is this like is he full time? I doubt it. I, I imagine he's. A handful of big matches per year would, sure. be, would be my guess because he's still doing all his other shit. But yeah. he wrestles the Miz pretty well, unanimously praised by everybody of how good he did. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think? I mean, you're not a Logan Paul guy by any stretch, right? So I, I feel like I've talked before. Like I, I like him way more than I like his brother, but I really like still don't really care for Logan Paul either. But at the same time, I feel like I like him a little bit more as he's gotten older. You know, he's less of a d bag the older he's got, but I thoroughly enjoyed him in that match, but I also like know Miz did a fantastic job making him look good. <laughs> See, that's the thing. A lot of people weren't giving Miz credit. Yeah. Like Miz has been around a long time. Yeah. At this point, he's eaten plates of shit yep. to get to where he's at, to be like a, you know, featured guy still. Cause that's yeah. a long run he's had. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't think he got nearly enough credit for carrying him right through a match. But I will say there, there are sparks of greatness in Logan Paul just because of some of the stuff that he did pull off, like him pulling off that frog splash to the outside on the table, like damn near picture. Perfect. I mean, he's that standing moonsault. He did really, he's very athletic. I mean, like super good, but like, yeah, for the most part, like as far as everything in that match, Ms. Ms. Really did a good job. What's funny, though, is a lot of people were tweeting out, oh, we need to see Bad Bunny versus Logan Paul. No, that'll be shit. See, <laughs> I'm glad you say that because I remember thinking, like, what's the common denominator here? It's right. The Miz. Yeah. And I never thought in 2022 I'd be praising The Miz like a some bitch on the podcast. Miz is good. He's Yeah, he's but he's always very consistent, <laughs> yes. right? And and that's the thing. It's like, I can't think of too many matches of The Miz. Like, well, that sucked. Right. Like, he's, he's not like the he most. He wrestles like John Cena in the sense that it's not incredible. But it works. Yeah. And it's good. It, it's I He's also it. a heel. He's not supposed to be right. fancy. You right. know? So why do you think people are so stupid to think like, oh, Bad Bunny did good against Miz and Morrison? And he also had Damian Priest, who's a hell of a talent. Mm-hmm. And then Logan Paul did good. Yeah. You know, with the Mysterios. Granted, Dominic's green, but you got Ray who can lead him and you got Miz who can lead him. Mm-hmm. So he's in there. He's protected. And now, like, they have you know, Miz and, and Logan Paul in the singles. It's like, they're so protected. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, to me, it was no different when like when Stephen Amell wrestled Christopher Daniels at all in of course veteran, like yes. you, he needed that. He yeah. needed guys that could take care of him because he's inexperienced. So I don't know. I just, I find that funny that people are like, Oh, <laughs> Logan Paul and bad buddy. What a terrible idea that would be. Well, it, it, it's like the, um, I can't think of the guy's name now, but Bret Hardin made made him look good 
in the early 80s or whatever. Oh, that, uh, gosh dang, yeah. But, like, and then they, they were like, this guy's the next Hulk Hogan or whatever. And then. Supposed to, yeah, they were looking at him as, like, the next guy yeah. to lead the 90s. And then he wrestled against somebody who wasn't Bret Hart. And it was like, oh, God, this guy's shit. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, because Bret Hart was the guy making him good. So they, I if I remember right, they were actually, like, sending him to Japan and all these other territories hoping to sharpen his skills. And he mm-hmm. just. He never had it. Well, same scenario with Luna Vachon and Sable. You know what I mean? Like Luna was the one making Sable look good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think I think people forget like it with the takes two to tango type of thing. Well, right. But you also it's like you need that good talent in there to to lead that kind of like Pat McAfee. I don't think he's bad, but he's had a lot of people that have been able to put him in of course in position to not look horrible yeah. because he's a rough around the edges. Oh, yeah, for sure. And just like this, like Logan Paul. I think impressed in parts where he could impress. Mm -hmm. And I think Miz purposely put him in position to look as good as he possibly could. Yep. Because yeah, it wouldn't be hard to expose a guy like that because he doesn't know anything. Yeah. And that's one of those things where it's like, he's not getting enough credit. And I, that's a weird thing about pro wrestling is that no one understands is like, there's a general in that ring most of the time. And that's what's so needed in those situations. Yeah. But, um, it looks to me like we might be seeing, uh, Miz and Champa against AJ Styles and Logan Paul at some point. I'm cool with that. Like I, I Again, like you got three really good talents. Yeah, mixed in there with and, him. And also too, like if Logan Paul is actually hanging out with AJ Styles, that's going to be good for Logan Paul because he is going to learn some shit. I think at this point, if he's there and he's like in the ring and he's trying to learn, he'll, that will impress people more than mm-hmm. anything else. He's already got a huge reach. Yep. Um, did you do you see any clips of Triple H on his podcast? Yes. Um, I guess a lot of people were not happy about that because Triple H was dumbing down the business a bit. Was he? Yeah. I didn't the way, the, well, the way he was talking, he didn't talk like it was a wrestling podcast. But I'm like, but it's not. Right. It's a Logan Paul podcast. Right. It's, he's trying to speak to a huge demographic and right. make them understand. But he was talking about when Kurt Angle got knocked out in that match with that pedigree to the I table. Yeah. I mean, I didn't feel like he said anything bad. I didn't, no, he didn't say anything bad. They just kind of felt like it was supposed to be like a wrestling podcast. And it's like, well, no, it's not. It's he's a wrestling guest. But I mean, like what what I don't, I don't get what's wrong about what he said there, because he just kind of explained what happened. No, it, there was nothing wrong with it. He just that's your hardcore wrestling fan. They're going to gripe. Yeah, that makes no sense. Like Jericho made a point, I guess, that Star Wars fans and wrestling fans are all the the same. Oh, yeah. They all complain, but they buy everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's the truth, though. Yeah, it absolutely is. You know, and. Like I, I'm not a big Star Wars guy, but I've heard that fandom is one of the worst. It's exactly. I mean, it's it's probably a little bit worse because <coughs> it's Star Wars is so much more in depth in the story, yeah. but it's it's pretty much equal as far as like how shitty everybody is. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Yeah, because it's supposed to be something we enjoy. It's supposed to be fun. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of curious what Logan Paul does moving forward, like because he's gonna have to. I mean, he's he's kind of coming in cold, but as long as you keep him protected, of course. He's going to have a shitter uh, at some point. Oh, yeah. It's going to happen. Oh, but yeah. As long as you keep him in there with like really good talents, I think maybe they might be able to pull something off with the guy. But I, th- I, I kind of think you almost need those shitter <clears throat> moments. Sure. You know, to kind of bring you down a peg. Oh, yeah. Because if all, I mean, if you're kind He'll of. He'll start like, believing his own hype. Exactly. And so I, th- I think that's kind of necessary. I remember when I first started wrestling, I was being carried by veterans. Mm-hmm. I was very aware of the fact that like I was being carried because I didn't know anything. Right family members and people like that would come watch like, Oh, you're so good. You know, like I'm thinking like, I'm just listening. Right. Like it's, 
it's but it's one of those things that's easy for an ego to be taken. I remember the first time I won a title, Harley put the tag titles on me and the Beer City Bruiser. Oh yeah. And it was I was about four months in, so it was very early. Mm-hmm. And the reason I got it is it was supposed to be him and another guy. That other guy got hurt. And so he couldn't wrestle for a few months, so Harley just bumped me in that spot. I was aware of like the situation. Yeah. This wasn't supposed to be me. Right. I got bumped into a spot. Yeah. But I'm happy to, you know, fill that spot. I'm like, oh, thank you, boss. I appreciate sure. it. And I and I remember all the veterans really like blowing me up in training. Yeah. Trying to like, you know, take me down a peg. I'm thinking like what like, what the hell did I do wrong? Right. Not realizing this creates ego. Yeah. And I and I thought like it's just keeping you humble. Well, but my thought at the time was I'm like, I I I'm aware it was I wasn't the <laughs> right. plan, you know. Like I'm aware right. of all this. Right. Why would this boost my ego? Right. This is a fixed sport. Right. I don't think I'm like <laughs> one half the best tag teams in Missouri or something. Like I'm right. just like, what the hell is this? Then we dropped the titles to another couple of guys, and one of those guys got the biggest ego. Oh, and I remember thinking like, there's no like. No way. Yeah. And they got the titles that night because Beer City Bruiser was moving back home. Yeah. He had kind of said to Harley, I'll come in and still defend the tag titles yeah. for however long you want. And pretty much it was like, yeah, we're taking them off you tonight or the next show. So it was what it was. But that guy, I remember being in the locker room just holding that belt like, yeah, I did it. And and he was like, see? Like, yeah. <laughs> like that's what we were worried about. And I'm thinking like, but he's a dipshit. You know, right. like I don't – so I don't understand – that mentality, I guess, yeah. no, knowing full well, I was being made to look as good as I could by veterans. Right. Just like we were doing everything we could to make him look good. Just like Miz is doing everything he can to make Logan Paul look good. But again, he's so green to the business, he may not understand that. Yeah. Who knows? It's tough to say, but oh yeah, it'll happen soon enough. Um, also, at SummerSlam, we saw like the fourth time ever, fifth time ever, something like that. Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually I haven't actually watched that match yet. I'm still kind of getting through SummerSlam, mm-hmm. but uh, Brock comes out on the tractor. Yes. What'd you think about that? I thought it was hilarious. I mean, it's so ridiculous, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I, and and for it being like Triple H's first night on the job, I was like, this is this is perfect. This is like kind of setting the tone about how he's going to run shit, and I love it. Yeah, I was excited for it. It's unexpected, but it's kind of like Austin with the Zamboni. Yeah. It's like why on earth would Austin be driving a Zamboni in the right. ring? Yeah. Literally no reason for that or, or, you know, the beer truck or any of the stuff that he drove. Right. There's no reason for it, but it's it's amazing that it happens. What's so funny about the, the Brock thing, and you'll see it when you watch it, is like he was kind of walking to the ring like regular, and he just stopped, and it's like he almost kind of like realized the tractor was there, and he's like, oh, shit, okay. And so it's like we went over there and got on it. It's like it's almost like they tried to play it off like he didn't even know it was there. It was funny. Yeah. So he comes out in the tractor. He gets in like, I don't know what they call it, like the shovel part. He's actually standing yeah. on that, and I love that he does that promo and th- tosses the mic to Roman Reigns. People were giving Roman huge props for that amazing catch of the, the microphone. Catching the wink. Yeah. Yeah, and then he winked at him. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I mean, it was pretty damn slick, you yeah. know, because he didn't even look. I mean, just smooth as shit. Caught the mic. Um, but, of course, the real thing came when Brock gets on the uh, on the tractor. Are you watching live at this point? Yeah, I was watching live. What were your thoughts when that happened? When he when he, he picks the ring up. Oh, I I just thought, oh shit. <laughs> you know? I, I almost didn't realize that it was supposed to happen like that until he started lifting it. 
that was when I was like, oh, damn, that's a that's a cool moment. But, like, I thought maybe it was an accident when he bumped into it at first, but then he just kept going. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> well, pretty, pretty insane moment, honestly. From a guy who's put together rings, that was like, because they're all, like, two by 12s. Yeah. All the way across. That's typically how it's made. So you tip that up. It, I could just, I feel like all those boards are just going to lodge out of place. Yeah. And it's all going to fall apart. So it had to be rigged up some way where that wouldn't happen. I don't know, but. Might have been screwed in place or something. Could have been. Yeah. But it was just like, but even still, how nervous would you be being Roman knowing like, I mean, he got, granted, he got out of there pretty quick. Pretty quick. Yeah. Which was smart, but that just had so much like room for disaster. I felt like written on it. And I know it's WWE, so they probably took every precaution because you got to factor in the performers, the referee, the audience, the audience for (laughs) sure. And you're lifting a ring up. It just. Imagine if one of those uh, uh, buckles snapped off and just went flying well and like someone brought up on on twitter i think like how mad would you be if you paid for a front row seat and all of a sudden all you see is the ring like yeah that high in the air and i'm like that's true but that's like a one on a once in a lifetime moment i would be bragging about that for the rest of my life because that that moment's going to be talked about forever in wrestling oh yeah you know it, it, it's it, a zamboni moment it, well that and like when uh was it henry and big show when they broke the ring or whatever yeah. like those moments like that are few and far between and they're going to be talked about forever yeah and so I'd, i i'd be bragging about that if i was like i was front row when that happened absolutely because it's just that you don't expect it yeah and it's one of those things where it's like holy shit they yeah. picked up the ring you know like yeah. it's crazy so um i don't know that was definitely wild right I mean, and i think that's exactly what triple h probably wanted for his first show he just wanted something to be like Wow, that's a memory. And I feel like in the Attitude Era, I don't think it was so much that it was that good, but I felt like there was a lot of things we remember. There was a lot of memories. Yeah. These last 10 years, like what can you say is like a definitive, like, wow, that was a fun moment. Yeah. Very few. Yeah. Yeah, there's not not a whole lot of moments that are – the, the biggest moment in the last 10 years that I can think of is the Firefly Funhouse match with <laughs> Bray Wyatt and John Cena. Right. But that was only circumstantial because of COVID. Right. Like you know, maybe one, the Boneyard match. I mean, right. I mean, shit like that. There's been some interesting stuff. but Yeah. But uh, but again, like those only happened because of the circumstance we were in. If it wasn't for that, those matches wouldn't have happened. Right. And so it's like, yeah, WWE over the past 10, 15 years haven't done anything exciting. Right. And so it just it's been kind of like a, okay, like yeah. standard usual stuff and so i i hope this this does get them back on the right track and i feel like that's kind of where they're heading and i want to give props to uh michael cole too because michael cole has like been on a rampage ever since with triple h starting you know what i mean like they've kind of let him off the leash i I think they're more or less giving the commentators pointers instead of an actual fucking script Mm -hmm. and just letting him talk and michael cole's been on a damn rampage he's been killing it he said something during the corbin Pat McAfee match because I was just watching that about Corey Graves said like I liked you better when you were you didn't have an opinion yeah and he's a lot's changed yeah lots yeah. changed yeah 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 and but he's he's been uh, he's been talking a lot of shit lately and it's he it seems like he's in a better place now <laughs> see what's well I to me one of the things I liked about Jr. and the King was King led more to the villains yeah. And Jr. you could tell, led more to the baby faces. He called it like it was. Right. But when Austin was hurt, like, oh, it's a damn heartbreaker for the Texas Rattlesnake, you right. know? Like, yeah. you could tell, like, he, he called it with so much passion. And like, oh, you son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? He's running like a scalded dog. Like, I mean, everyone loves the Jr.-isms, you know? That, oh, yeah. From that era. But that, to me, was what was so 
fun about that is when King would try to justify mm-hmm. the heel's behavior. Yeah. And, and Jim Ross would get so pissed. Yeah. And he didn't he didn't lean to the baby faces, but you could tell he was an Austin fan. Yes. You know, he 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 was a Foley fan. You could just always tell. And that to me is what made it so compelling. And so I'm I hoping they go back to that. I was gonna say, I think that's what we're getting back to. It, it's gonna be a little bit more difficult with the three man teams, you know, on Raw, but like I think we're gonna get back to that as far as like them having a little bit more free reign to actually call the match instead of having a scripted moment where like like I remember uh there was one Dean Ambrose match where like they literally showed him holding the script reading for the love of mankind when he fell off the hell in a cell. And it was like good God. <laughs> Do you remember that? No. So it was, Dean I, Ambrose is holding it, the script? It, no, it was Michael Cole holding the script, and Dean Ambrose was falling off the Hell in a Cell cage, and Michael Cole, as he was holding the script, was reading off the pages, for the love of mankind, and it was like, it's supposed to be some, you know, mankind reference, and it was just like, good God, man. Like, just so bad. Yeah, it's like, you could tell it was scripted, obviously, and he's holding the paper, and it's like, he wouldn't have said that otherwise. He would have been holy shit, you right? Know? It, good God, good God Almighty, it <laughs> right? Him, you know? Right? Yeah. So it's just I don't know. I, I I hate scripted moments like that, especially when it's supposed to accentuate the situation yeah. that you're trying to throw buzzwords in. Right. It just ugh, it just it makes you puke, man. Yeah. And I feel like that's been a big issue with WWE for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of that we kind of ignored because there was no competition. Yeah. And now that they have that, it's like. Way more prevalent now. Speaking of competition, I feel like AEW is kind of scared. Not the company in total, but Tony Khan. I feel like he's a little bit nervous. I think he should be. Yeah. I think I think he... Which uh, is good. I think it's good for business. Though. Yes. And, and I know we talked about it last week. Him like, oh, Adam Cole signed all this day. Alice mm-hmm. relaxed something. You know, it's like... When he just expanded his, uh, his team as far as the creative team and as far mm-hmm. as like the talent relations team. I think that was a necessary thing because I guess a big complaint has been... It's hard for talent to like find get information. Absolutely, yeah. You need that. You need, and he can't. I mean, I'm sure Tony's the type where he was probably passing out his number to everybody. He, when he probably wants to be hands on, but like you almost can't be with a company that big. No, and you need to have that stuff filtered yes. to some degree. Yes, and I uh, still have an open door. Yeah, but like, yeah, like little little minuscule things have the assistant take care of it. Right, and I and I think that that's it's probably. For the best, so yes. I think it's I think it's a good thing. Absolutely, but yeah, I, I think at this point now it'll be one of those things where AEW, <clears throat> instead of focusing on what WWE is doing, I hope they just focus on what they're doing yeah. and just try to continually put on a good product. Because if they are able to do that, we'll have two good wrestling companies, and that's great for the fan. Absolutely. So Ric Flair's last match, we got to talk about this. I didn't order the show. I I almost thought about it, but I was like, I real I don't know. I just the undercard seems really really good. And I've seen clips of like Josh Alexander and Jacob Fatu, which looks incredible. Yeah, some great stuff. But I just I felt weird, you know. Mm-hmm. Ric Flair at seventy three. I just don't feel like that's a good idea. Yeah. And my God, did he look awful out there? What did you think? I mean, I know you saw clips. You didn't see yeah. the match, of course. But what'd you think of I, the whole deal? I I thought it was a bad idea. I thought it was a bad call. Like, I mean, I don't know why he did it. I don't know if like. You know, everybody was talking about how he needed money for alimony and shit like that. I don't know. But, like, I understand needing money, but, like, fuck, man, do signings. One-man shows. Right. I think there would be huge money in Ric Flair one-man shows. Absolutely. Like, you don't need to get in that ring. Like, God. I mean, that was 
just the clips I saw was frightening. I saw somebody, one of the main reporters, it might have been like Sean Ross or whatever, Sean Ross Sapp or whatever the fuck his name is. So one of those guys said, like, I never want to watch this again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I mean, that's was kind of my sentence uh, sentiments before the match, even before the show even started. I was like, I don't want to watch this. Like, this is going to be bad. Maybe after the fact, because it's just like, it's so scary. I know in the finish, it was like he pinned Jarrett while in the figure four. Mm-hmm. And like he couldn't even raise his own shoulders up. He yeah. looks so feeble out there. Yeah, it it literally was watching your grandpa try to have a wrestling match. Yeah, and and I remember I saw something like they made a huge deal about a body slam, and I'm like, like that shouldn't shouldn't be the big deal. Like that's a just a standard move. But like I get it with a seventy something year old man. Yeah, that is a big deal. Absolutely, and it's just it's just I don't know, just scary. However, I want to bring this up because I don't think this is a topic people were expecting, but I think it's worth talking about. As bad as Flair looked, how good did Jeff Jarrett look? Dude, he looked incredible. Physically, he looked probably better than I've ever seen him look. Yep. He didn't. I mean, if you'd have told me this is like 2002 Jeff Jarrett, I would have bought it. Yep. The dude doesn't age. Yep. He, I mean, he looks good. He was moving good. Like, and of course, I know he was the referee at SummerSlam, mm-hmm. but, I'm but thinking, I didn't notice it at SummerSlam. He's in clothes too, right. you know. But after seeing that, I'm like, dude, there's money in having Jeff Jarrett working still. Like, yeah, give him a part. I know he's a producer at WWE. There's no, there's no reason why he can't at least do occasional matches because he looked incredible. Yeah. So, I, I as weird as it seems, I don't think that that was the plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the plan was to highlight Flair, but it's like, man, Jeff Jarrett came to play. Like, good on yeah. him though, man. He looked, he was moving great in that ring too. Yeah, and for a guy who's 55. And I know that's not really all that old, but it is old for pro wrestling. Sure. I mean, Flair initially retired at um, 60. Yeah. The match with Sean, he was 60. And so, and that's that's too old to be wrestling. Yep. But, you know, Jeff Jarrett being 55, you think, oh, it's too old. But Well, and also, too, like, Jeff Jarrett at 55 looks way better than Ric Flair did at 55. Right. Absolutely. So I think that makes a difference, too. I mean, I think of, like... Ric Flair was an evolution during that time. Right. And, like, I think of, like... Um, like Finn Balor, AJ Styles, they're all right around the same age as what Hogan was when he was running the NWO. Yeah. And it's like, they look way better in way better shape than what Hogan did at that time. Well, at that time, that version of Hogan, we were thinking like he's too old. Yeah. You know, but he's early, probably mid-40s. AJ and Finn both look like young guys to me. Do I think Edge and Christian are both 48, 49? Edge looks incredible. So does Christian. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, they don't look like 50-year-old men. Right. And they don't move like 50-year-old men. No. So it's like... Huh, okay. It's not weird when Edge comes out and beats up some young guys because you're like, yeah, I buy that. Yeah. So what do you think with Jeff Jarrett? Do you think we'll see some more stuff from him? Because I know he's I done like so. he did the one Royal Rumble appearance. Yeah. And he didn't look as good a shape then. Yeah. And so it's kinda like, oh, okay, that was that was that was fine, you know. But he still was in like the uh um you know, the suspender type gear, which was kind of weird. But uh yeah. But now we see Jarrett in like that classic, like the biker trunks, which he was more. That was kind of more what we knew from the short hair run. Yeah, and I don't know, man. I I, f- I feel like we could we could definitely see you know another Jeff Jarrett run at this point. I'd be all about it. I think it'd be cool. We got a little bit of movie and a uh, little bit of movie and TV talk. What do you say we dive into it here? Let's do it. This is Breaking the Movies. This is. All right, fellas. Go ahead and take it from here. What you got now? 
tell you what we got now. So I didn't make a note of this, but I think it's worth talking about because I don't really know a whole lot of information. So I'd like to get your take on it. Have you heard about DC in HBO Max canceling the cat or the, uh, excuse me, the Batgirl Batgirl movie? Yeah, it's bullshit. What's up with that? Do you know the story? Nope. It's uh, well, okay. So what I do know is that I guess the CEO of discovery has now taken over or there's been a merger between them and WB. Okay. And so he's kind of like uh, Nick conning everything and cutting budgets. And so I think that with the Batgirl movie, he they kind of decided that it would be more cost effective to just have it be a tax write off and scrap it than to release it on strictly HBO Max or whatever. Um, Weird, but it was already done. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like, why not release it? I there's been a huge rumor that HBO Max is just going to be scrapped. Everything's going to be canceled as far as TV series, movies, all that stuff. Everything's going to move over to the Discovery Plus app. And as far as like, my God, it's, new television, it's going to be like reality TV on Discovery Plus. So there's not going to be any good shit on Discovery Plus when HBO Max murders with that. Well, that's what I don't understand is because like I know there's been a lot of like HBO Max exclusive DC stuff in the works. Yep. There was like a Penguin series. With mm-hmm. Colin Farrell's version of the Penguin coming up, another season of Peacemaker, yeah, another seasons of Titans and Doom Patrol, and so on. So it's like everyone was all excited about that. Like, why would you scrap that now? Yeah. So like, from what I understand, like that dude's again, like Nick Khan, like all about the bottom bottom line, you know. And reality TV is way cheaper to produce than scripted but television. It's trash, though. It is trash, but people watch trash. You know I know. I, mean? I, I get it. I mean, I understand that it works, but. I, I personally hate the idea. Like I think oh, yeah, it's, it's a terrible idea. Terrible idea. I would much rather have a show like The Penguin. I would much rather have uh this this Batgirl movie come out. There was another one that they canceled too. Yeah. Another movie. But That's I why I didn't make a note of it because I wasn't sure the specifics of it. It just I felt like this was like shitty, you know, like wait a minute. Super shitty. And and what's what's boggling my mind about it is they're canceling this and it's already done, but yet the flash with Ezra Miller is still happening, but yet he's like on the run from police, like at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what's going on? You're keeping that piece of shit movie going. Yeah. That's yeah. That's weird. I also heard something about like DC was totally like rebranding and they're going to do a 10 year plan like Marvel did. And I'm like, okay, like we, yeah. we've heard this all before, yeah. you know, we don't need it. Yeah. Just put out good stuff. Yeah. It, and it sucks because hard. like I, Here's what I want to happen. I want I I I don't want DC to be a mono, or uh, Disney to be a monopoly, but I would love for them to buy out DC. Yeah, would absolutely love for them because I feel like they could take better care of it. Yeah, man, how crazy would that be if they were all under one umbrella? I I mean I think that we we'd see that crossover with them and Marvel like way before, but like I'm still shocked that there hasn't been like a Marvel Star Wars crossover. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that doesn't mean there won't be. Right. I mean, there's so many crossovers that they could do that I'm surprised that they haven't. Radioactive man, why isn't he in the MCU? (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) I mean, there's a lot that they could do. I think think if you did something where... Because Star Wars has done this, right? Where they do like Rogue One, which really isn't part of the Star Wars series, but it's like a standalone story. Yeah. What if they did that where it's like some type of... Star Wars series, and there's a couple of Marvel characters in there, but it's standalone. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the MCU. It's just a 
one shot. Yeah. I think that would, there would be money in that. I would love it. And it's like, why not? Why yeah. don't you do that? Because it's you have them all at your disposal. I think people would. I mean, I get that, like, the whole point of Star Wars is a galaxy far, far away, like, in the future type of thing. But there's but all like, these cosmic type Marvel characters. Exactly. You know, give us Galactus in there. You know, yeah, I think that shit yeah. would be cool. Absolutely. So I'd be all about it. I think it'd be really fun. I'm, I'm sure that's been talked about. It just hasn't been executed. Of course, you have to understand too. I think they still, you know, they still got the stuff with Sony with yep. Spider Man. Yep. They've just been gifted all the X Men franchises, so they're probably trying to work that in somewhere. So yep. it's like there's a lot. Oh, I'm yeah. sure a lot of moving parts. Yeah, but I think in ten years there'll definitely be something. So I just wanted to get your thought on that because I was just like, damn, I I was. I don't know. I haven't really watched a lot of the DC shows, but I wanted to kind of get into them. And now to hear that, it's like, well, what the hell? Well, what's the point? Right. right. Yeah. Cause it sucks. Cause they're all so good. You know, I think we're seeing an issue now. Streaming services are putting themselves out of business. Cause there's too many. Well, I remember HBO max and I could be wrong on this, but I think it was $15 a month, but now they have a $10 with ads version. And it's been free for me since the get go. Okay. Because of like um, phone service. Yeah. Through AT and T because I, I think I don't know if AT&T owns HBO Max or they are highly invested in it, but they give it for free if you have like some unlimited plan. And so you get it for free. I think it's awesome. Yeah. And and I think that that's a really cool idea. So hopefully we're able to get some more. And what's crazy is I feel like HBO Max, HBO would be the one to absorb Discovery. I would think that too. Not the other way around. That's what's so bizarre to me. Yeah. I don't know. It's... It's not good for the comic book fans. I know that. Hell no, it's not. So we, you know, we don't talk a ton of video games on here, but I think it's fun to talk about them when when there's news. Uh, AEW Fight Forever. Yeah, we've seen some gameplay footage now. It's going to be coming out on all the major consoles, including the Nintendo Switch, which makes me happy. Yep. Um, their first video game offering. What do you think, man? We don't know much about this yet. I'm we know, excited. We know a little bit, but yeah, I'm excited for it. I mean, the graphics, like. Obviously not as good as WWE's, but they've already said it's not going to be, so don't expect it. And so I didn't, and it, I think they look good. The gameplay looks very arcade-like, which I think is fun. Um, there's going to be a career mode, which I think is cool. They have the mini games, which the mini games I brought up to you kind of reminds me of like um, Mario Super Party. Mario Party. Yeah. But it, it also, you could look at it as like uh, the Simpsons arcade game where they'd have like the little mini games in between each level or whatever. Sure, like Street Fighter, you have to break the car. Right. You could look at it like that. I think that's going to be f- a fun aspect where if you have like four or five people over, you know, you guys can play the mini games, you know, and just have, have a good time with the bullshit games on there. I think that stuff like that is fun. Um, I, but I, the only issue I see with that is I feel like the days of having everyone over to play games is kind of a thing of the past now. Well, you could do it online. And it's more online, and so I, I know that that will be a fun element there, but it just part of this game looks like, here's my thought. This looks fun for my, for me, Yeah, but I don't know if this will totally hit the <laughs> hardcore gamer market, if that makes sense. I think I think the career mode will. I could. I think because it sounds like the career mode is a very grinding game. It sounds like you're going to start as like a competitor on dark, you know, type of thing. That's and, how it should be. And you have to earn your way up in like every win. You get a little, few points to like add to your stats and things like that. So I think it's going to be a grind to where it makes it to where the career mode is meaningful. I think um, that's how it should be. Yeah. And so I think that'll be fun. My thing is, is with them not 
<laughs> creating a game every year like WWE is and guaranteed nobody who matters is going to listen to this as far as that game goes. But like, don't worry about, okay, here's this game. What are we going to do for our next game? Go with the Sims model and create new expansion packs, create new features as time goes on. That way you don't have to build a brand new game every time. Right. You know, I mean, maybe five to 10 years down the line, maybe, but like over the next five, six years, just create expansion packs to get more characters, new features, new game modes. Do that create add-ons i feel like that's going to be way more revenue in the long run anyway for them and it makes it more fun for the consumer i think because it's all encompassed into one game whereas wwe 2k it's like well if you want to play gm mode you got this year but like if you want to do this you have to go back to two years ago and it's like put it all into one game no i agree i think expansion packs is not something that we see it's I think WWE is so concerned about selling the new game, selling the new game, selling the new game. And well, it's a, it's a, they look at it as a yearly franchise like Madden or NBA. And it's like we don't need that because they're basically the same games. Right. It's it's mostly at this point. It's maybe a new feature and new roster. Right. Right. I mean, it's not a whole. I mean, to me, it was like that was a frustrating thing when I played the games. And I because I I stopped probably around 2016, 2017, somewhere in there. But to me, the frustrating aspect was when it's like. Great, now I have to recreate everybody. Right. And that, that sucked, you know. And then I remember eventually, once the new consoles started coming out, they started getting rid of, like, oh, now you can't add in your own custom entrance music. It's yeah. like, why the hell not? Right. And just, we're just doing away with that. It's just, there's shitty things that they would do. So, yep. um, I think this is a cool idea. I, I don't think the roster is going to be huge from what I heard. Mm -hmm. I do know Owen Hart's playable, which is. That's awesome. First time since what, like Legends of Wrestling? Yeah, that he's been a playable character, which is going to be weird because I'm pretty sure isn't Bret Hart on WWE's game? I imagine, yeah. So uh, it's been a while since I've put on two two K twenty two. I think he is though. So it'll I would be imagine like, that he is. So it'll be like Bret Hart's on WWE, Owens on AEW. That's wild. He's the only legend I know of so far. Do you think they'll add more legends to the to the roster? I'm sure. I mean, does Sting, does Sting not count, though? I mean, I feel I mean, like yeah, he, he counts, does. But he's there. He's, he's I mean, still active somewhat. I mean, when I say legends, I kind of look at, like, people that, like... I imagine Arnold still... Uh, I imagine Arnold will be playable. Yeah, I imagine uh, so. I can't can't think of who else. I'd like to see Glacier. Yeah, that would be cool. We got that little noise happening again. Yeah, what is going on? Went away. That's weird. That is so weird. I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> like, we may need a new cord or something. I think, I think the uh, roadcaster is possessed is what I think. It could be. could be. Um, but yeah, AEW Fight Forever comes out. I, do you know the release date? Is it? I don't think they've announced a release date yet. It, I'm okay with that. I would rather them do that and get it done. Yeah, get than, it finished. Than, than, be, than be rushed. Yeah, don't, you know? yeah, don't rush anything. I, I mean, I, we're going to talk about your music here in a second, but I know there's times and you kind of put out like, I'm going to put out an album this day. Yeah. And then you stretch yourself out right trying to get something ready by that day when it's better right. to just take your time and be happy with it right it, well that and just you know because you can still put out feelers you can be like hey i'm i'm writing i'm doing stuff this working is, on this it the updates for it yeah but yeah i mean if you set out a release date especially before everything's done yeah yeah it's a big mistake yeah no i agree well, we got a we got a bit of toy talk. What do you say we dive into it here? Let's do it. Here we go. Open the box. It's the part of the show. We'll break your brain. Do a bit of toy talk. All right, big underscore band. We got a couple things to discuss here. Um, so people have been listening the last three weeks. I've been showing you the new DC Superpowers line. 
It's exclusive to Walmart, and this is the um, the third figure in Wave One, Dark Side, one of the uh, classic villains. You're looking at it right now. Again, I love this line. I think it's awesome that it's a ten dollar price point. Yep, and a land where figures are around twenty five dollars most of the time. It's nice to see a cheaper, more less articulated figure, but kind of reminds us of years past, which I think is is fun. I mean, the figure looks great. It's just less articulation, which is fine. Absolutely. Um, what do you think of that one, man? I love it. Dark Side is a is a favorite character of mine. I, I like mean, that look too. It's very eighties. Yeah, I love Dark Side as a character. I think it's cool. So. Uh, I'll automatically love that figure. I think it looks great. Oddly enough, these are now officially like they were showing up before McFarlane officially announced them. So mm-hmm. everyone was like, holy shit, superpowers are back. Yeah. It was a big thing. Um, now that they've been officially announced, they're showing up more places and people are really starting to find them, you know, out in the wild more. Nice. A Green Lantern John Stewart figure has surfaced. I have seen that. Yeah. So McFarlane does something that I, I think is very interesting. And they do this with that multiverse line where just new stuff will just show up sometimes. Yeah. You don't really know what's happening. And it's not, they do announce some things, but some things will just show up and you don't know what's happening. It's just, there it is. Yeah. Dude, there's a, there's an element about that that I think is fun where it's like, you're just in the store and like, bam, there's Jon Stewart, the Green Lantern. Like, that's pretty awesome, I think. Yeah, I think that's, that's really cool too. And I think that's a, that's a figure that I wasn't expecting them to make. So right. I, I think it's cool. Yeah, I know Travis sent me pictures of a Wonder Woman and a Reverse Flash, I guess, that are coming out. Nice. Which I'm like, again, that's really cool. I think it's cool that they're showing love to this line and yeah, at a $10 price point. It, I don't know. Like To me, what I dig about it is you could open these and buy the mint on card and it's still cheaper than a current day figure. You know what I mean? Like there's, yeah. yeah, that's what is so weird to me. It's like, I don't understand why more companies don't try to keep a price point lower. Cause I feel like you're going to sell more. Well, I think that's why in I the was, long run. I think that's why I was so into Funko pops at the time. Right, Cause they were cheap. 10 bucks, 10 bucks, easy. And, and so, I mean, almost anywhere. And a lot of places ran deals Buy two, get one through free. Yep. yep. And they would be like 13 bucks, but buy two, get one free. You know how many third ones I bought that I didn't even want because right. it was a deal. Yeah. I mean, to me, that's a, a smarter way of doing things. And I know action figures are pretty hot right now, but I think like anything, it'll eventually kind of the popularity will die down. And I'm seeing I'm seeing all these photos of the new uh, uh, NECA Michelangelo, the mummy. And I'm like, fuck, I really wish I would have gotten those. <laughs> but they're just so damn expensive. Yeah. So the, the Frankenraft's the only one that's been out. And that's actually been kind of hard to come by. Those are really cool, but I, I think we, and we're going to get into NECA here in a second. But I think sometime, something about that, because they were initially 35, everything went up like two bucks, and so now they're 37. I'm sorry. And I'm just like, yeah, it's that's ugh. too that's too much. That's like, the price of two figures almost. Yeah, like I, I love those figures and I want them, but I only want them for Halloween. And that's like a month and a half for decoration. And it's like, then they're going to be in a box for yeah. 11 months. And it's like, I really don't need them, but like, they are pretty damn cool. But they're not forty dollars cool. Yeah, and I think I do think the only good thing NECA has going for them is they don't put them out all at once. It's like one at a time. Sure. Because I bought that Frankenrath back in like February. It's yeah. Been a, it's been a while, so it's like okay, it's not like every week there's a new one. So it's so a little, little easier to collect that way, I guess. But so I'm guessing the Mummy Michelangelo is the next one to come out. Then it'll be the next one. They've announced a Hunchback Leonardo. Yep, I've seen that one. I, have they announced Donatello? They have not announced him, I don't think. I could be wrong there. So sorry if I'm speaking out of turn. They announced a Bride of Frankenstein April. Okay, yeah. I feel like I knew about that. And a Van Helsing Master Splinter. That's cool. 
I wonder if Donatello would probably be Dracula. Seems like the most likely. Yeah, because um, they're doing the movie monsters. Yeah, I. that's why the hunchback kind of caught me off guard, because I thought, to me, it was like Frankenraff, Mikey the Mummy, Leo the Wolfman, yeah. and Donnie Dracula. Or even, maybe a creature of the Black Lagoon. Well, that's what I was going to say. He could have been Leo, but I don't, yeah, it is kind of weird to do a hunchback. I mean, because he doesn't really fit that. I mean, Hunchback, the, I, th- I thought what they were going for was with the Hunchback was um, like the Dr. Frankenstein's assistant, Igor. Yeah. yeah. Igor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And why would that be uh, Leonardo? Right. Because he, he's the leader. So you think he would be like Dr. Frankenstein, you right. know, like it's weird. Well, yeah. And I know like they have so many characters, like you could throw Shredder in there somewhere. Yeah. And there's also the Invisible Man they could do. I right. know they've done... They've done a wave of, they actually did a wave, Playmates did a wave of Universal Monster Turtles back in the 90s. Yeah, see, they should they should re-release those. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I think they would be, because well, they're actually very expensive now, so yes, 100%. Yeah. But they did like, uh, they did a Franken-Raphael, I think, and they did uh, the Invisible Man, they did the Mummy, they did all those characters. And I just, to me, like, that's fun. It's just, and these look great, it's just, it's a lot of money. Yeah. Um. But speaking of that, uh, NECA announced here at this weekend uh, sometime, and I think it's in like the Meadowlands, which is, I believe, New Jersey. Okay. I could be wrong. Maybe somewhere else. I'm not sure. But DunderCon is happening. Yeah. DunderCon. I mean, like, holy shit. Did you, I didn't know about this. I've never heard of it. Apparently, it's an office-type convention. NECA is going to be there. Does this mean we're going to see office NECA figures? What does that entail, though? I mean, like, super articulated, over-the-top, like... Ultimate-style figures would be my guess. But that's weird. That's yeah. weird. Yeah, it is. Like an ultimate-style... Well, no, they could do, like... Stanley is weird. <laughs> no, they could do, like, Toonie Terror-style. I would rather have that. See, and those are more like the $15 price point. I would much rather have that. A little cartoony? M- make them silly, because... It, that's weird yeah. to have super articulated, like, well, they have spitting image figures. Well, they have Back to the Future NECA figures that are like that. Yeah. But and they know. may do both if they have the license. Yeah. Um, so the reason I bring this up, when they, you know, when, when we thought, oh, they're going to make Office Funko Pops, mm-hmm. buying every one of them. Yeah. Obviously, that didn't happen. Right. And they made so many exclusives, it was hard to keep up with them all. Yeah. I don't think I hardly bought any. I bought so the ones I bought over there are the only ones I actually bought. Yeah, I bought. I, I do think I bought a prison mic. I'm yeah, not mistaken. I bought the main cast. I think. Um, I believe that's and that's all I got actually. And then I was going to get a Michael, Toby, um, two pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't end up buying that or any others. And and again, I think with Funko. The best thing about them is the worst thing about them, and that's that they do. There's so many exclusives that you're kind of all in or all out, and once you become all out, you're just like, I'm done. Out of all of the bullshit Funkos that Funko made, they never once made a Freakazoid. That's still weird to me. Yeah, never once. Those sons of bitches. Yeah, that's that's still very strange because I yeah. feel like as a one-off, like why wouldn't you? Yeah, just I mean, as many like you said, as many goofy ones as they made. And, and Freakazoid, to my knowledge, has still only had the one figure, and it was that little tiny one that was like a mega chase where it was like one in 5,000. Yeah. That's still weird. I, I I don't know. I don't get why there's zero fandom for that show. 
I think because it just didn't last as long. I, I think it was a little ahead of its time. I'll be honest. Like until your fandom kind of like took over on this show for that, I never gave it much thought. Looking back on it, I'm like, oh, that was a good show. Yeah. But at the time, I didn't really give it a whole lot of. I loved that show when I was a kid. Yeah. See, it didn't. It's one that I watched, but I didn't love. Yeah. And um, it was ahead of its time. For that's what sure. I'm saying, though. It yeah. was. But, I mean, didn't he show up recently on, like, a Teen Titans episode? He did, yeah. It took over, like, the whole episode. I mean, it was only 11 minutes. So, but, like, it took over, like, the, the whole episode. It was about um, one of one of Freakazoid's villains had taken taken somebody hostage or was doing something. And so, like they said, to, to defeat a 90s villain, we need a 90s hero. And they busted out Freakazoid. That could have been a test run, though. I mean, they they might be having something in the works. I hope so. I mean, that was a that was a really funny episode, a fun show, and I think that style would really fit Freakazoid well too. I agree. Yeah, I would. Agree. I think it would be fun. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But but what I was saying though is, me and you were going nuts for these. But once again, once the Funko made it so hard, because I remember I really wanted to get Date Night Mike because that's a funny episode to me. But yeah. that was only exclusive to like the Calendar Store or right. some shit. And I'm like, well, okay, I'm done. Yeah, and I think at a certain point, once you're done, you're just kind of done. Yep. And now they made so many different ones, so many different con exclusives. You're just like, yeah, I'm, I'm out on this. I think the only other one that I can think of that I bought was a uh, uh, classy Santa or whatever. Yeah. That, that he yeah. that Mike did. That's the only other one I could think of. Well, and that's and that's the thing is even like some of the main core people were exclusives. Yeah. Like, I think Phyllis was like a Walmart exclusive. You mm-hmm. know, so it's like I get it. Like you're trying to make the line successful but you're hurting it in in the long run so that being said if NECA does some type of office toy or collectible you think you'll get into that at all no just done NECA's too much they're too expensive well toonie terrors aren't that bad if, if they're toonie terrors i might think about it but it depends like yeah, like a handful of them maybe they're there i i never got around to getting any of the halloween ones and there was a lot of those that i wanted are the toonie terrors yeah well, like, they, they were all halloween though pretty much i mean they're horror movies well, I mean, but I haven't I haven't gotten around to getting any of them, and like I wanted most of them. Yeah, but I haven't like I went to look. I think just a few months ago, and I couldn't find any of them. And that's the thing is like sometimes they're like fully stocked, sometimes they're completely empty. So mm-hmm. it just you never know. Yeah, I bought a couple. I ended up selling them because I was just like, eh, yeah, I'm yeah. done with these. But again, like with those, like my my wife would think it would be weird if I kept all that shit out all the time. You know what I mean? Right. So, so I, like they're only going to be out from September to October. So if you bought an office NECA figure, like what do you do with it? Right, I can't just display that yeah. all year round. You know what I mean? I I kind of think this would be fun. I'll be honest, and I kind of have told myself I'm done with NECA just because their price is so outrageous. I just don't want to buy any more of that. But yeah, I don't know if they make an office NECA Michael Scott figure, it'd be hard for me to turn that down. Yeah, and again, they could go full on and go overboard and do too many of them. But I think if they keep it simple, like. Because I think it would be great as an accessory if they did, like, the plaster head. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's so many things they could do to make oh, it yeah. fun. So yeah. I think I think it would be cool if they if they do end up doing that. But Yeah, it would be. I guess we'll know this weekend. Absolutely. All right, man. Anything else you want to add before we get out of here? Well, let's just plug it up. Of course, we want to give a shout-out to some of our podcasting buddies like Jeff and Scott over at the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast. Make sure to give them a follow and check out their show and check out Scott's side project, Drunk Wrestling History. Absolutely. Check out Doing the Favor with Eric and Barry. Um, check out the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast with Steve and Eric. The Ringside Rant with RJ. The Leisure and Lariat's Podcast with Ruthless Ryan Davidson. In the Marbles with Soda and Ethan talking all things NASCAR. Yes. 
Boot to the Face with Marty and Rucker. Tales from the Estate with Drew Vinsel and his wife, Caitlin, and, of course, the twins over there. Absolutely. Wreck My Podcast with Jordan Zeilinger and his crew. Trivia with Buds with our pal Ryan Buds. Howlin' with the Wolf with the one and only Jason Wolf. And, of course, don't forget his awesome Chop Shop. He's got some really cool stuff in the works. If you're a Chop Shop member, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, pulling up a chair with our buddy Tim over at a chair shot. And Night of the Nerdy Laser Podcast. Also, check out uh, my other podcast. You know, it's Fake Right every Monday with me and a special guest. And then, of course, uh, they're currently on sabbatical, but they might be returning. You never know. No Holds Barred with Bill Benus. Yeah, you never know. How come your name's not in the title? It's just... I mean, because I'm not important to the show, you know? I mean... Mm, that stinks. Yeah. At least you is. know it, I guess. I mean, he he could do the show without me if he wanted to. I don't know why he insists that I'm there. Yeah, why you? Why is it not someone else? I don't know. I think it's like force of habit. You know what I mean? Like he, I think he's he wants you guys to be best friends. Yeah. And you just don't want it. And like we, well, we've... we've been doing shows on and off since 2017 so it's like it's a long time you're almost like brothers yeah <laughs> uh also check out the tb toy cast i uh, i'm hoping we will have a new episode up uh, this coming thursday yeah um all of bane's music can be found on apple or spotify wherever you get your tunes including the newest album it just came out this week it's officially out Long live a hero's fable. Yeah, it is out. So I want to give a big shout out to everybody who has streamed that, checked it out. Um, Dominic Petrelli. Yeah, I appreciate everybody. I mean, what the hell was that, dude? What happened there? Oh, that's just that's that was like a, a group of high school kids that decided to troll me. Um, I think it's it's so weird that they chose you. Well, you know, the, you know the way TikTok works. You just get random videos on your for you page, and so one of their one of the one of the clowns found it, and then they tagged their buddies. And so then they all just started trolling it. And so it, it didn't bother me because I was like, dude, you guys, the more you guys comment, the more people see this shit. Sure. So go ahead. And so that's why I kept like egging them on. I was like, yeah, let's, uh, let's go boys. Like, come on. I was just wondering where all this like weird, like negativity came from out of nowhere. It's just, I mean, again, they're high school kids. I don't look at high school kids and be like, that's my demographic. Oh, of course not. Like, I don't give a shit if they like my music. I would prefer that they don't because, like, if I play a show, I don't want a bunch of high school kids screaming at me like, oh, we yeah. love you. Like, that sounds weird to me. <laughs> so, like, my demographic is, like, from, like, mid-20s to, like, mid-30s. Those are the people I'm aiming after. So I don't give a shit if they don't like me. Um, but, like, they found it to be you know, cringeworthy to them. So they just started trolling it. And so I was like, let's go. And I started making videos. See, with I don't them. even think they found it cringeworthy. I think that they were just trolling to be, I, I mean, think they were probably seeing like you didn't have a huge, huge following. So yeah. like, we're just going to troll this guy. Yeah. Which again, like pick me. I'm, I think I, I'm having I think fun with it, but isn't that a, I mean, that's a huge societal problem we have where people want to do that. And, and, and they, they picked the, I don't want to say they picked the wrong guy, but like they picked the wrong one because like, I enjoy that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to, it's, it's not going to make me fold. It's not going to make me roll up into a ball and die. Like I thrive on it. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I just let's thought, go. I just thought that was so weird that all of a sudden, like, cause I was, I'm watching your videos. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. And I see the comments. And I'm like, who the hell is this guy? You know? <laughs> yeah. It's just, and what's funny is my daughter, like she sent me a text. She's like, this is the guy you're beefing with on, on, on TikTok. She found his Instagram. And so I went to his Instagram, the Petrelli kid. And he's like, just some chunky 15 year old who plays football. 
it's like I knew it was kids. Like, of course, yeah. It's it's not going to be somebody mine and Breaker's age just talking shit to random people, you know. So did you get on there and start talking shit to him on his Instagram? No, you no. really should. That would be so. I'm funny. not going to do that to a kid. <laughs> like, come on, I'll just I'll let him talk shit. But that's why, like, uh, when Big Chuck commented at me, I I talked about how they probably just gotten off of football practice. You know, mom made pizza rolls. You know, and Dude, I'm all about the pizza rolls. Pizza rolls are damn good. I yeah. ain't hating it. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's it's out. So I mean, if you see it, if you don't want to give me praise, talk shit. You know, I'm cool <laughs> with it. Because the more the more engagement I have, the more it'll get out there and eventually I will find my group. You know what I mean? So like do me a solid. Talk that shit. Talk that shit. Hashtag fuck bait. Hashtag fuck bait. I already got my shirt ordered. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, honestly, man, I, I've I haven't listened to every song yet, but I've I've listen to several songs in the album i dig it man i think it's an awesome album i appreciate it. yeah and and honestly the people who've actually listened to it have said nothing but good things yeah so i appreciate everybody that's listened to it it's already gotten like not just the album as a whole but individual songs have already had more streams than like night lights and oh, wow. on fire like, they've been out for years been out since 2017 this album has already had more streams. So like, I'm super thankful, super grateful for every single one of you guys. You guys are awesome and more to come because I'm going to put out that, uh, alternative pop album in just about a month. So, Oh really? Yeah. So how close are you on that one? It's, it's done. Like I, this weekend I'm going to finalize it, upload it. And I, that, uh, art, uh, that painting that I posted, I don't know if I posted it everywhere, but that painting that I posted just the other day, uh, that's that's the cover art. Okay. So the cover art's done. I just have to, like I said, I have to finalize it and post it, and we're good to go. So I think it's interesting that you kind of chose to do paintings for cover art because mm -hmm. it does kind of give it a different feel, I feel like. Yeah, and it's something I've kind of always wanted to do. It's just I never really felt like, because like, I don't look at myself as like I'm an artist, you know what I mean? But yeah. like I enjoy doing that shit, and like I just thought that that would be kind of a fun little thing to do. And so sure. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I think what I'm going to do is just, um, um, post it up for sale, like afterwards, you know, absolutely. Yeah. And just see if anybody wants it, you know, and I can also make prints of it too and just mm -hmm. sell that for a cheaper price. But just, yeah, I don't know. I thought, I just thought that'd be fun, you uh, know, absolutely. different, different kind of a concept. I dig it. So this, uh, alternative pop album that's coming out, like you said, in about a month or so. Yep. Um, is this kind of the new direction for everything you think? You know, I don't know. If people keep talking shit about, you know, my rap shit, I might stick around with rap. You know, I might just stick around. Here's what I hope. Just to, mm, I hope it to them. I hope these kids get on there and start finding like all your previous albums. Yeah. And they're like, fuck this guy. It, well, and then they start listening, like, man, this is actually pretty good. <laughs> I know. Well, what's so funny is like they they talked about this guy named Tom McDonald, and I made a big deal about like who the fuck is that, but I know who he is. He's a I have no idea who that is. He's a, he's a white rapper who's an absolute piece of shit, but he's been only been rapping for like three or four years. I've been doing this shit since he was in, you know, diapers, you know, that little son of a bitch. So he didn't have any effect. I've been, I had an, more of an effect on that son of a bitch. Yeah. But no, he's a, he's kind of, a, he's like a piece of shit. Gotcha. So they were comparing you to him then. Yeah. Saying that it's his fault that I'm doing this. And it's like, I've been doing this since 2011, brother. Well, again, if they're 15 years old. Yeah, they, like, they were in diapers when yeah, I started this. You're right. So, yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, that'd be so funny. Like, yeah, I did an album 2012. Look it up, you dipshit. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's funny, though. Uh, but, yeah, check out Long Live a Hero's Fable. It's available Absolutely. wherever you get your tunes. And real quick, I wanted to mention, I want to kind of put some feelers out there. 
the um the 10 year anniversary for uh how i'll make it's coming up like within a week or two oh yeah that's right 2012 yeah and so obviously i won't make it to this point but i thought about putting out a 10 year anniversary album of that and including some songs from that era that never got put on an album i think it's an awesome idea so i kind of want to put some feelers out there if people want it like i've got like another like 10 songs that I could I could dwindle down and I could make it like a full ass album for the 10 year anniversary. That'd be something you put out digitally too. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't make it a physical thing. I would just because like right now I'm on this plan where I can put out as many albums as I want per year. So you're kind of thinking like I pay one flat fee a year. So I'm like, is that what Spico does? I don't, it might be like he might have figured that out and that's just how he's been releasing his shit. But like, yeah, he just the singles. You know? I pay like 50, 50 bucks a year and it's like I can release however many albums I want now. Dude, just push them out once a month. <laughs> Eventually, one will hit. <laughs> yeah. but, but one no, song a day for three hundred sixty-five days. Yeah, but no, I thought about doing that because, like, it's it's the ten-year anniversary. I thought I've got like X amount of songs from like that same era that never got released. I think that'd be a really cool idea. So actually, if people want that, I I can make it happen. I think I think you should kind yeah. of like a remastered version, yeah, and or like a expanded version, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I think you should. I think it'd be a really cool idea. Now I, I don't have like the master tracks, so I can't like remix anything. But like, I can just throw them out there if people want to hear it. Yeah. So I think you should absolutely. I think it should happen. So yeah, if you guys are into that, let uh, let Big Underscore Bay know. Yeah. Also, if you got a beard or know someone that's got a beard, check out Outsiders Beard Co. Get you some beard balm, beard oil, make it look fantastic. Absolutely. And all of our t-shirts can be found at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Brian Breaker, BBPH.RedBubble.com, and WhatABaneuver.net, search by store, for Breaker and Bane's Power Hour, and many other of our podcasting buddies. Yes. Grab some gear. Uh, that's all I got, man. That's it. Thank you guys for checking out Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. I'm Brian Breaker. I'm Bane. We'll see you guys in seven days. Peace easy. Yeah. One more time. <laughs> it ain't over till I say it's over. So lock the cage up, cause this is a takeover. The wait's over. If this the final time we meet, then you'll be on your back on my feet. Then I'll tip the cage over as a hangover. I'm super fly, so I can splash off the top. And I can shut down the shop. Like Randy Savage, I'm the cream of the crop. And I'm always gonna rise to the top. People's champ like the rock. I do not give a fuck, so let that shit drop. Man, I'm so over. Double pistols. What'd you think? It's good. It was really good. Pretty good. That son of a bitch, Eric Barker. You son of a bitch. Can I take it? Nailed it. Nailed it. Perfect. Put, put it on the internet.